Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans talking about absolutely everything to do with events inside and outside the squared circle. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster, joined each and every week by professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, who was battling snow and frost for last week's game. It looked miserable. Yeah, there was some... We, we didn't have the worst weather. We had a very frosty pitch that by the end of the game, it was what time did we finish? We finished about five o'clock in the dark. It was getting hard underfoot. Thankfully, we finished that time. But one of the games up north at Coldy, if you, if you are a rugby fan, go and check it out on the Championship Rugby Instagram page. Uh, they had snow on the pitch and they've just captioned it, can you spot the ball? And the ball gets kicked through and you genuinely, for about five seconds, lose the ball on the pitch and the players have no idea where it is. It's quite hilarious. So my team are the Cornish Pirates and it was them against Caldy and I saw that. I Because I, I was in my in my day job and we were talking about whether that game was happening and I saw a picture and I thought, there's no way, no way they play that game. It was, how do you even play in that sort of, in that sort of condition? It's all right in the forwards because we're always busy and we're always we're always busy. But on the wing, when you're not getting the ball, that is tough. <laughs> it is tough. You see boys in about four or five underskin layers. You're like, yeah, I understand that. I understand. Well, winter is coming to the UK. Winter is coming to AEW. One of the best dynamites in recent history took place this week. Sami Zayn is being promised a big night by Roman Reigns in Chicago on SmackDown tonight. Whether that bodes well for him remains to be seen. Rumours of a dream match made especially for Charlie at WrestleMania for Brock Lesnar. Some fantasy booking and more good stuff beside. But let's start with one of the most eventful AEW dynamites that certainly succeeded in the ratings from this week. MJF defeating Ricky Starr to retain the AEW World Championship. Death Triangle and the Elite continue their best of seven. And Chris Jericho was beaten by a guy who none of us had heard of before Dynamite. Action Andretti take a bow, the biggest upset since 1-2-3-Kid beat Razor Ramon. Charlie, what a moment on Dynamite. Well, first of all, don't let me think I'm going to let you get away with the smoothest... uh... Uh, link oh, yes. you've ever done. Winter is coming in the UK. Winter is coming AW. Outstanding. It's like my job, job, isn't it? It's like it's my yes, job. It is, but we're not letting you get away without a round of applause for that. Um, secondly, yeah, what a wild dynamite! Like absolutely brilliant. Um, I think we've accused AW a lot recently. It's never been boring, but it's that was the most exciting. And I was very confused when I saw Chris Jericho wrestling a jobber. Like I was, uh, where does this go? What's going on? Didn't for his second cross my mind that he might lose. And what a, out of nowhere, no one saw it coming. What an incredibly compelling story to chuck this action Andretti game, which is a great name, by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable name. Suddenly he's, he's, he's got his 15 minutes of fame, could catapult him into who knows what. And what a fascinating story with Jericho. What uh, does Jericho do from here? It's just, we, we like our wrestling. We like the entertainment. We like the sport, though. And one of the great things that happens in sport is you do get moments where somebody comes from nowhere to beat the champion, to beat the established name. We see it at Wimbledon every year. There's a seed who goes out. We see it in the FA Cup. The big team are beaten. We saw it with respect to Morocco at this World Cup where they came through. It happens in sport. It rarely happens in wrestling. And it was such a compelling moment. It really was, and I'll be interested what they do to follow on from it. And who would have thought, coming out of this dynamite, where we had a brilliant main event, MJF, Ricky Starks, 
and it looks like we're going to MGF Danielson, which oh. will be out, outstanding. Who would have thought this is what we'd be talking about? If you looked at that card on paper, you think this would be the last thing we would talk about. And this is what I love about wrestling is with a little bit of work, the most mundane of stories that seem like nothing can be the thing you speak about. Let's talk about how relevant Chris Jericho is as well. At the end of this year, I think there's going to be so much focus on Vince McMahon leaving WWE. There's going to be focus on the CM Punk all-out brawl with the elite. There's going to be lots of talk about things that aren't Chris Jericho. But in his early 50s, this guy is still as relevant, as credible, as surprising as anyone in the industry. It's amazing. It's almost beggar's belief because... Your wrestling brain, your sporting brain, uh, with the, hopefully doesn't leave you unless a villain is obviously a horrible mm. thing. So you always think like there are older people who are writers, who are uh, producers in wrestling, who are storytellers. But Jericho, athletically, is it some of the best he's been? But he's also being so clever with the way he wrestles that he doesn't expose himself. He's of course he's not athletic as he was in his twenties or thirties. He's fifty something years old. But you watch how he wrestled then and how he wrestles now. He's very slowly changed his style, but not in a very quick way. It didn't happen one day he went from doing kip-ups and moonsaults to now he's grappling. He very slowly transitioned into a different style as his character changed and the style made sense of his character. And it just makes him look like such an incredibly athletic wrestler in his 50s still. Because he doesn't look like a shade of Y2J Chris Jericho. He looks fresh. He looks new. And he's given us that episodic hook. You and I will both be coming back to AW Dynamite next week to talk about what's next for Chris Jericho. And I love they stayed with it. I love that they... and, And God love that crowd in Texas, which was red hot. I think that crowd needs a load of credit for making it that moment. But we had him have the meltdown backstage. I, th- I just think it was great. And I love when wrestling surprises you in the best way possible. Yeah, it was a huge surprise. It was brilliant. I'm just going back to Jericho again. We don't compare him to Y2J. We don't compare him to Short Hair 2008 Jericho. We don't even compare him to Le Champion a little bit of the public because he's not that character anymore. So you don't naturally think to um, compare him. You talk about my favourite, The Undertaker. He was the dead man by the end. So you're, of course, comparing him to the dead man of the 2010s where he was on that the late um, the late 2000s early 2010s was on that run of wrestlemania matches that comparison is very easy to make but because jericho is a completely different character you don't compare him in the ring to them now if he was out here with his light up jacket on screaming aw is jericho you would compare him to that attitude era jericho and you probably go well he does not go like that but different characters you don't compare so i think the way he presents himself is just phenomenally clever um moving on to action andretti what a moment for him I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he's wrestling about. I don't know anything about him. I don't have a clue. But suddenly, he's the first thing we're talking about on our podcast. He's all over my social media. He and AW have to capitalise on what he has right now. Even if it is just 15 minutes of fame, ride it out for him. Because there's a story to be told there. And he's told, I'd be interested to see. The other story I'd like to see mm. is Jericho keeps losing to jobbers. Oh, Interesting. Now, do you want to see yeah. Jericho losing to two jobbers, a different jobber each week? Or do you want to see him next week come out and go, all right, action, Andretti, everyone can have their moment once. I had my moment once. Let's see you do it again. And then Andretti does it again. Uh, either. I don't know. There's definitely something told if he brings a different jobber out in a different city each week and loses to them. There's certainly a story there, but also a story of he gets just hell bent on this Andretti. Yeah. They both would have their value. 
The other story that I'm sure we'll link into this is Jericho has been the unchallenged leader of the Inner Circle and of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Why? Because he was someone to be appreciated. You're not appreciated if you keep losing to jobbers. And I wonder if this is where this is going as well, that Jericho's leadership. We don't know. And that's what's great. It was great, great storytelling there. Amazing storytelling between MJF and Ricky Starks in the main event. And we have criticized AEW before for not making main events feel big. I had this feeling when I woke up on Thursday and went to watch it that it was going to be the opener. I thought they were going to do that again, an opener, a 60-minute draw. I love the fact that we got two promos, we got preview packages, we got the shots of them backstage, MJF getting a massage, Starks doing his exercise. I I mean, it made it feel big, and it showed in the ratings. We had a huge bump, almost hitting the million mark again. Now, that could be external factors, who knows, but it was great. Yeah, they built it brilliantly both up until this Dynamite and through this Dynamite. It felt like a big fight feel. It could very easily have been the main event of a boxing card, the way they built Mm. the promos, seeing them backstage. That's what you see on big fight nights in boxing. And again, I've said it multiple times, wrestling's at its best when it looks most realistic to sports. When it does look like a sport, it does look like UFC, it does look like boxing, it just looks like another combat sport. And it's very easy to forget that it's predetermined and quote-unquote fake. So... I, I really enjoyed the way they presented this uh, this main event, how it delivered. And I think Ricky Stark loses nothing coming out of this. I think he is a bigger star than he was going into it. And we're heading to MJF Danielson, which I think will just be an excellent view because you talk about two completely polar opposite wrestlers slash sports entertainers. You've got the opposite end of the scale here. I just, I just think it's fantastic. And and uh, we talked last year, uh, last week about the best spears in wrestling. Does MJF deliver the best low blows in wrestling? Because because twice we've seen him take old poor Ricky Starks to the woodshed when it comes to his uh, below-the-belt regions, and he doesn't hold back with those kicks. When he lays them in, he lays them in. The, the only man I can think who might want to debate that is uh, Mr. Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, with a sort of back mule kick hook Yes, up. yeah, yeah. He, did, he did. He was very good at a low blow. But, yeah, there's an art to a low blow, because tell you didn't get it right was... Um, AJ and Shinsuke, when they were doing their weird thing, that didn't work. So there clearly is an art to getting the low blow correct, and uh, Mr. Freeman does have it. Do you know what? I, I sometimes think uh, if I got the opportunity to go along, if I was ever famous enough, it'd probably be more likely to happen to you than me, and they said, do you want to get involved with a wrestling event? Do you want to take a move? I'd take a tombstone. I would take an ankle lock. I'm not sure I would take a low blow because the margins are fairly thin there. I, you know, I'd be happier taking a super kick. Yeah, how do you how how do you how do you make sure you miss on that? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, and any female listeners might not understand, but that is not something you want to happen. I I had one in the game last Saturday, actually, a line in a line out lift. I've lifted and uh, caught a heel there, and you can't stop. You can't stop for that. So you're just running around with this sick feeling in your stomach, and it's just awful. It is terrible. Um, it was a great main event. I thought it was a great dynamite as well. We did see, and we can't um, skim past this, MJF continue. I mean, he's feuding with everyone. He hates the world. He thinks he's better than the world. But we did see him turn up the UFC event this weekend. Big cross-promotion for, for AEW and UFC to get MJF on that card being filmed, getting shared on their socials. That's a, that's a, that's a big move, branding-wise. Yeah, that's massive for AW to get that huge, um, just wider world recognition. Mm. And we're definitely, definitely, definitely heading when they come to England, surely with something with Paddy and um, MJF. They're all over each other's social media. MJF is running him down on a UFC broadcast, which, by the way, 
Paddy could have gone and lost on that, and he very nearly did. Mm. Like, and MGF is hammering him before the match. He was like, that's not predetermined. So I think it's definitely heading towards something like that, and that will be just brilliant. And it's a huge move for AW to start to get this wider world, huge organisation like UFC uh, recognition, and um, the branding's massive. Yeah, um, reaction we'll do from yourselves to AEW in a moment. WWE talk coming up and then some fancy booking from Charlie. And we will touch on briefly uh, the Briscoes against uh, FTR in that brutal dog collar match we saw at Ring of Honor's pay-per-view. In fact, let's mention Ring of Honor. One thing we didn't see across AEW Dynamite was much Ring of Honor talk at all. We saw a little bit of pre- uh, previews and recaps of, of what we saw at the weekend, but it seems like Tony Khan has made a conscious decision to say, this ain't working. I'm going to ease back on all that Ring of Honor promotion. Yeah, I, I think it was a notable difference, wasn't it? And I think anyone who listens to our podcast consistently knows our feelings on this, but I don't dislike Ring of Honor. That, that is never what I want to say. I think there's some great wrestling there and what it's done over the years has been amazing. And the fact that Claudio Castagnoli in 2022 is a world champion of any major promotion is a mm. brilliant, brilliant thing. I don't like Ring of Honor on my AEW. If I want to watch Ring of Honor, I'll go and watch Ring of Honor. When I put AEW on, it's because I want to watch AEW. I don't put The Simpsons on because I want to watch Family Guy. Apart from that one I mean? crossover. Uh, which didn't really work, did it? Didn't really work. I think that says everything you need to know. <laughs> One thing I did like, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'd forgotten about him. Hook getting a little bit of love on, on Dino. And, and the fans didn't forget Hook is still over like Rover and teaming up with Jungle Boy by the looks of it. Yeah, well, I can't believe you forgot him, first of but all. But I did, genuinely. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we spoke about last week, where is Hook? I think they have just saved it, the fact that they remember who he is. They haven't gone like, oh, it's this guy. They were hot for him. And yeah, put him straight in that. That makes sense. Him doing a bit of work with Jungle Boy, I can see. I mean, he'll turn on him at some point, won't he? And just batter poor little Jungle Boy. But I like that. You know what I like with Hook? Hook gets in that ring and straight away, Stokely Hathaway takes his guys away. Yeah, that makes him feel like a badass. Straight away. The fact that Big Bill, by the way, what a name, Big (laughs) Bill. I've got all the time in the world for that. The former W. Morrissey, for those who don't know. Former big cast before that. They've gone, he's called William. He's big. Yeah, Big Bill. Um, he sounds like someone who I've done a, I've probably done 10 years worth of post-match interviews and it sounds like the nickname someone would have in a sports team. You know, they would just go, you know, 100%. yeah. But, uh, 100%. Big, big, big Bill, you know, did the lifting for us. You know, he was huge yeah. today. Big Bill, yeah, we call him Big so, Bill. So I, I, I'm adamant I want to call my first son Robert so he can be Big Bob Beckett. <laughs> I'm adamant. Triple B. Uh, anyway, Triple B, Triple B. There you go. There's a wrestler for you. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that Big Bill, especially seven foot tall, who's a huge monster of a man, yeah. Hook, Hook's emergence has him backing off the ring. And Hook is not a big man. Like no. He's not physically imposing. He can fight and he's a badass, but he's not physically imposing. That straight away gives him credibility and makes him look hard as nails and look badass. So I thought that was a very, very clever presentation. And it didn't make... Big Bill, and I can't remember who else was with him. I can't remember who else is with Stokely Hathaway at the moment, unfortunately. But the two of them, it didn't make them look soft because it's Stokely telling them not to. Yeah. It was very cleverly. He was saying, we'll do it on our time, on our terms. It was very, very cleverly booked, actually, on a on a brilliant show. I actually thought that was a very clever bit of booking to make everyone look good in that. I didn't even think about having them back away, but you're so right because Hook is, I mean, he's a physical specimen, but in a world of physical specimens, he doesn't stand out he doesn't he's not like a castagnoli body he's not like a moxley aura and he does have that star thing about him but you, you've got to have people back away and 
takes other people to make you. Um, some feedback we had. Uh, Andrew, hello, Andrew, says, I know you guys don't watch uh, Rampage that much. You need to check out Moxley uh, versus Takeshita. Excuse me, I think I've got that right, on uh, Rampage, uh, which was a great match. I saw the highlights of it. And they do seem to be loading up AEW Rampage, which is what we've always said. They need to make that relevant. And they're, they're going down that route. A lot of the Moxley hangman story development is happening on Rampage. Yeah, I think the fact you're seeing mocks on there more often, Hangman, these sort of people, makes makes it more must-see straight away. So I think almost like maybe Tony's going to listen to this. Maybe Tony Khan has listened to our podcast, has taken our advice. But it's good because I want there to be more good AW tele- television for me to watch. I want me to, I want to be struggling to find time to watch it. I don't want to be going, oh, I can just miss that. So it's great, I think. Ed says, I only watch the read the reports of AEW, but it feels like after a difficult summer, the show is getting back on track. Would I be right in that? I think we would both say, yeah, that's exactly where we are. Yeah, I think that sums it up perfectly. After a summer that was difficult and not always for their own doing, there was some things thrown at AEW and thrown at Tony Khan that you could not have foreseen in a million years. I think now the ship has been righted and they know where they're going and there's a lot of good stuff happening there. And Ross says, I really like the action Andretti stuff, but would it have been more effective if he'd won with one of the roll-ups rather than that version of a flipping shooting star press? I think Jericho would easily have kicked out of that against a jobber. What do we think? Maybe. I I don't know. I hadn't really thought of that. I hadn't really thought of that. I think the problem is I think we are... Wrestlers kick out of so many big moves now that unless you are absolutely nailing him with a... Year and years and years of reputation built finisher were like, ah, he could have kicked out of that. Like, a man jumping on you like that would hurt. Yeah. Let's just get that out of there. Like, that would really hurt. So, I, I, I see the point. But also, I don't believe that you couldn't kick out of a roll up. <laughs> I think the roll up might be the most protected move in wrestling. Like, yeah, I just don't think you couldn't. I, I think, yeah, I think you could, because what's it really doing? It, uh, yeah, I, I think we should test that one time. If ever you have a drink and if ever I start drinking, we'll try some roll-ups on each other and see. Hang on, Jack. Hang on, Jack. Why are you going to start drinking out of nowhere? 2023, year of new things. It's going to be a horrendous <laughs> drunk. <laughs> doesn't know. Jack doesn't drink. That, that, that's why that would be wild. All right, let's talk about something that could have been tailor-made for Charlie Beckett as we begin our WWE segment of the podcast. Brace yourself, Charlie. Rumours and speculations abound that Brock Lesnar could face Gunter at WrestleMania. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let you have this. Oh, good Lord, yes. (laughs) Jesus Christ, give me that match. Now, whatever happens at WrestleMania, if that doesn't happen, I'll be disappointed. Can you imagine the savagery? I, I oh ju- my god! I just we were there in Cardiff when we saw Sheamus and Gunter go to war, and we were sat. What would you say, third tier at least? At least thirty rows back from the yeah, ring yeah, and easy, up, easy. at least, and we could hear every one of those chops, shots, punches echo round the arena. Who the hell knows what it's going to sound like when big farm boy Brock lays his forearm into the chest of Gunter. I mean, it's just going to be a war. Yeah, I just want big farmer Brock just turning up being like, yeah. Do you remember in the Rumble when Keith Lee got in, he was like, ooh, big boy. I want that Brock who's just like, yeah, you're big and you're physical Gunter and you are, you are 
a very good wrestler. No one's beaten you in WWE yet, but you haven't faced me. I just want them for 15 minutes of just utter carnage, just absolute carnage and big chops. And also, if Brock's going after the IC title, which that that was what you'd think this would be, mm. let's say, what a what a like elevation for the Intercontinental title that Brock Lesnar wants to hold it. I mean, it is. Does it matter? how we get here right does it matter is this one where actually it is it is the match itself that matters rather than the story if you it doesn't matter how you get to brock and gunter being in a ring at wrestlemania once they're there that's what matters this could be for the 24 7 title and i'd still be absolutely buzzing really like i just want to see these two wrestle but just i'm just fascinated of what they can do together because i've never ever thought of seeing gunther thrown around and now I want to see him German suplexed. And also, Gunther has the credibility of being a guy like Lashley, who you believe could throw Brock Lesnar around, who who actually yeah. could manhandle and physically dissect Brock. If we're going down that way, don't give me a long build. Give me give me Gunther for about eight weeks just saying there's no one who can touch me and then have that guitar riff at the start of Brock's music play. That That's really all I need to get yeah. here. And also, how good are Fabian Archer and Ludwig Isaac going to be at just selling for Brock? He is going to shock their sitting at the back going... Oh, Jesus Christ. Is he wrestling Brock Lesnar? Looking at each other going, you know what that means. Like, yeah, we're going through tables. We are taking some serious F5s in the build to this. It, 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 Brock will skittle them like uh, like yeah. pins in an alley. And, yeah. and, and what is exciting about this is it's the fact that no one saw this coming. And it... It may not. It is just speculation at the moment, but it is the best kind of speculation. And is this the best use of Brock Lesnar now? In Vince McMahon's time, he was the guy that would come in and change everything as an attraction. He was the main event. He was the guy who was better than everyone else. It now seems like we've got a parallel road for Brock where he can do Brock things, but he's not the focus of the show. Yeah, I I think it's a really good way to use him because... You do like there are multiple matches that you'd love to see Brock Lesnar have, and I think now nah, just picking and choosing and throwing him in is the best use of Brock. I think Brock as the champion, as the main the main event. I don't think there's much pay in that anymore. I think he's best used as a special attraction like this. And like off the top of my head, I'd love to see Brock wrestle Matt Riddle at some point. I think that would be incredible. Those, those styles of clash, we saw it briefly. I'd love to see a proper Brock Ricochet match. Yeah, because I think that would be incredible as well. Like there's there's so many matches. They're just two off the top of my head. Brock could have because Brock has brilliant matches against big guys, but actually Brock Lesnar's best matches are against little guys. I'm thinking AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, those two Survivor Series in a row. They're his best matches. So there are so many brilliant matches. I'll tell you who'd have a great match with Brock Lesnar. Johnny Gargano would have a stunner with Brock Lesnar. I've no doubt. So uh, there are so many great matches you could give him that you're never going to get brilliant story to build up to them all. You are going to just kind of have to go, uh, here's the reason, but how good's that match going to be? And us wrestling fans will go, yeah, go on, give me it. What you could do, and you can't make it the streak, but you could make it. What, what do you reckon? Brock has got maybe 10 years left in him, maybe, if he's protected. If he, if he wanted to, I don't think he'll want to. But say he wanted to, you could build beating Brock Lesnar into an... He could literally come out, you know, 
six weeks before WrestleMania and say, who's going to face me this year? And it could become a thing. I, I have to disagree. Johnny Gargano could have a great match with a broom, but is there a point where the size difference just ceases to be credible? You were talking earlier about the roll-up of, uh, you know, being the least effective finishing move. Could you really have Johnny Gargano pin Brock Lesnar? No, but you couldn't have Danielson, and I believed it for a second. In real life, in a real-life fight, Daniel Bryan doesn't get near, doesn't get near Brock Lesnar, but you present it right and you can. I see. I believe, I believe Danielson does in a real fight because he's got a load of technical. I mean, we saw Frank Mir, be a smaller man than Brock Lesnar, tap him out. I just think Gargano's never been presented as like the technical master. He's just been the guy with the heart and does heartbeat size in this. I, I love the fact we started talking about Brock and Gunter and now we're on to Brock Gargano. This is the best thing about wrestling. You can just fantasy book your way through things. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, now, look, here's, here's something which is a little more serious than what we normally talk about, but it's worth touching on. Uh, Vince McMahon, remember him, uh, speculation in the New York Times that he wants to return to WWE. This part of a wide-ranging report alleging more uh, allegations will be coming the way of the former WWE chairman, uh, and also speculation that he felt he didn't need to step aside and he was wrong to have stepped away the way he did before uh, the SummerSlam pay-per-view. Now, this is a difficult, thorny issue. There are lots of things in this which we won't be touching on. But just the idea of Vince McMahon coming back to WWE, we never say never, Charlie, but can you ever see that happening? Uh, I I, I can see it happening. Really? Because, because it's WWE and because I don't know... He stepped away from his role creatively. Is he still the owner? Is he still the... I, I don't know the I believe he's uniquely. still the majority shareholder. So he's still the boss. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he wants to go full mad dictator, he could. Now, could it happen? Is is, is my answer is it could, yes. And in this year of wrestling, I'll never ever say never to anything. Should it happen? Absolutely not. And then from the wrestling point of view, it would be a step backwards for WWE. I truly believe that. I think we all can see pretty stark, a pretty stark change in the quality of WWE's product from the moment Vince stepped away, mm. if we're being honest. And Vince McMahon knows more about wrestling. He forgot more about wrestling today than I will ever know. I truly believe that he's a genius, but every genius has his time. And I think Vince's has come and gone. And I think having Vince back in a creative role would genuinely set WWE back. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, as you say, there there are lots of allegations floating around. What we do know is that payments were made to people because that has been uh, made public knowledge. And obviously, Vince McMahon would dispute some of the allegations being levelled at him. And that's why this rumbles on. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it has been better creative and it's a public company. Perception is something that they have to worry about now, just how it would look to outsiders. So I read an interesting thing this week about Triple H in control of creative and... Much like you, I agree it's been a far better product, but they were saying that wrestling fans, and I can't remember the article it was, they were saying you do need to be careful not to elevate Triple H to sainthood in terms of creativity. What's happening with Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt or Karrion Cross? And they were pointing out that quite a few of his returns haven't been the surefire hits that maybe people were expecting. Well, when you look at it, those three you just said, Karrion Cross, I couldn't tell you what he's doing at the moment. I could not tell you. He had that. He had a good sinister promo at the weekend on last Friday, but mm. apart from that, I couldn't really tell you. Bray Wyatt, I don't know what's happening. We've got Uncle Howdy knocking about. Oh. And, uh, 
Alexa Bliss keeps getting a scary thing behind her, but I don't know what's happened there. Um, Braun Strowman, no idea. Mm. He said hi to Gable Stevenson this week on Raw. That was it. Very weird. Johnny Gargano hasn't been a great hit, I don't think, since he's come back. I, I It's not been what I think thought he would be doing. So there's four straight off the bat who I just think should be doing a lot more with, and we're not. So, yes, it's been a lot, lot better. But, yeah, they haven't all been surefire hits. Absolutely not. I uh, I was so wanting to give Bray Wyatt that other chance when he came back. And I'm sorry, this Uncle What's It is just... It's not for me. It's it's just not for me. And it's a shame because I, he's so talented and I was so hoping for more and we just don't seem to be getting it to my taste. Um, I tell you what is to our taste, though, continues to be the bloodline. Now, we record this on Friday morning, early doors. Smackdown in Chicago tonight. Sami Zayn has been promised a, quote, big night by the bloodline. That's that's not something you want to hear if you're Sami Zayn. That's never good. Mm. That's not good. Also, he's been told to have his hair cut. Yes. That, that felt ominous. Now, Roman Reigns why. is returning for this. We we don't know what's going on. Give me, give me your thoughts, Charlie, on this. Oh, I just don't know, Jack. Are they going to turn? Is this going to be a festival of friendship? Are they going to turn on him? Or are they playing us? It's just going to be a big night for Sammy and they're going to lord him. I don't know what's going to happen. Here's here's what I think. If I were uh, the creative powers that be, and I was going to, if this was going to, and I I could be wrong, 24 hours time, we could know. If I was going to turn the bloodline on Sami Zayn, I would not be doing it less than 10 days before Christmas when no one is watching. I, I would be leaving it till after the holidays just because it's the biggest bullet that WWE has in their chamber at the moment is pulling the trigger on that. Do I want to see it teased? Do I want to see that happening tonight? Oh, yes, I want to see it teased, but I don't want it to happen. I don't think it's the right time. No, I I don't think it would be. But then again, we've said numerous times as wrestling fans, when you think it's the right time, it's probably too late. Uh, But I think think a very good point is the holiday thing. I think the fact that it's Christmas, there's other things going on. I think the new year, I, I think after the Rumble. Yeah. Is what I do it personally, but what do we know? Well, what do we know? I wouldn't have had Sami Zayn with the bloodline, so what do I know? Well, here's what we do know: is that fantasy booking is uh, is is the season. I did mine last week. Now, have you prepared some homework for us, Mister Beckett, on on yes, Sami Zayn? I, Excellent. Go ahead. I've got mine this week. I've got mine this week. So mine's going to start a lot like yours and then change very quickly. So in the build up to the Rumble, uh, the bloodline are going to be talking about how ha- having one of them win the Rumble will be the best way to go and um, that will protect Roman at WrestleMania. And Roman makes it very clear he wants Sammy to win the Rumble because the Usos will have to defend their tag titles at the Rumble. He doesn't want them he doesn't want them distracted. And he has big plans for Solo Sokoa getting and I don't mind with go after the Intercontinental because there's a match I want to see. If we didn't get Lesnar versus Gunther, give me solo Gunther. That'd be a great one. But let's for this say he's going after the US title. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's Roman's plans that but he wants all four of them in the Rumble, to get Sammy through. And we get through in the end to, it is Sammy, Solo, and A another. A another, I don't mind who. We get rid of um, A another. Solo and Sammy have a big hug in the middle. We get a tease of Solo throwing Sammy out. He jokes, laughs. Solo climbs over the top rope, jumps out. Sammy Zayn is the Royal Rumble winner. So, Sammy Zayn's won. Um, we've got the brother 
on. We have a big celebration, the Raw after. Big old celebration. Elsewhere at uh, the Rumble, Roman Reigns has defeated Kevin Owens uh, to retain his title through the usual shenanigans. Uh, Sammy's involved in some way, but yeah, the usual shenanigans. So the uh, Bloodline are doing their big celebration in the ring, how Roman's going to make it through WrestleMania with both the titles now, there's no doubt. And then KO just walks to the top of the ramp. And uh, he just says, look, Sammy, I said I was done with you. I thought I was, but you're never truly done with family. And as much as you think they're your family, I am really. I thought you'd want to see this. And on the big Jumbotron, Kevin just walks off. He just leaves. And on the big Jumbotron, it's, you know, the classic WWE spy cameras they put in, <laughs> they put in changing rooms. That's so not okay. We get a spy camera of the uh, Bloodline changing room. And it's the Usos, it's Roman, and it's Solo, and it's Heyman. But there is no Sami Zayn in there. And the Usos, they're celebrating, they settles down. And the Usos, Jimmy or Jay, I don't mind who, just start saying, when are we done with him? When 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 can we get rid of him? The doing he's doing ahead and this that they start going in on Sammy, and Roman quiets him down, and Sammy's looking looking at Roman the ring like yeah you you'll protect me here, and he says you know we need him till the Rumble, after that you can have your fun, after that you can do what you want with him, after that we are done with this fake bloodline member, this fake part of our family. All three of you can do what you want, but we need him to get us to WrestleMania. And at that point, so like Sammy stood in front of them. He just turns around and looks at all four members of the bloodline. And Heyman shakes his head and says, okay, now. And the Usos and Solo Sokoa just destroy Sami Zayn. I mean, like, uncomfortable viewing. And they try and get people down to him. KO tries to come and save him, just gets not flat. Like, you, they cannot get them off. It's 10, 15 minutes to close out Raw of really quite hideous viewing. And Sammy, we do the full thing. We see the EMTs come down on the stretcher. They do the classic smashing back off the stretcher. Like, he, in the end, we see him carted away to hospital. And that's how Raw goes off the air. We don't see Sammy Zayn again. For about six months, uh, not six months, that'd be, that wouldn't work, would it? About six weeks. <clears throat> so in the build-up to that, we've got about four weeks left on Mania, roughly. Four, five, six weeks left. And he comes back and he walks out and he's met in the middle of the ring by Adam Pearce. And Adam Pearce just says, Sammy, I'm sorry about what happened to you. You're still the Royal Rumble winner. You still have your match at Mania. But I don't believe it was real. I don't think they really laid you out like that. I think they looked after you in that fight. I think this is the bloodline making us all think there will be a match at Mania because they know I wouldn't let this happen. I know, they know, I wouldn't let the main event of WrestleMania become a farce like you were planning. And I believe that's still the plan. So unless you can prove to me that's not what's going to happen, I won't let you have that main event. So Sammy just says, okay, give me them. Give me the bloodline members. And then the net, in the build-up to WrestleMania, Sammy has to wrestle Solo, Jimmy, and Jay, and prove to Adam Pearce by beating them that he is he is actually going to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But just beating them isn't enough. Sammy can't just win the match because they could very easily make that look. Sammy has to be savage in the way he doesn't. We see a side of Sammy's in that we've never seen. We've never seen before. And he takes out 
solo. He takes out Jimmy, he takes out Jay, he beats them all on the way. And finally, it comes the Raw before Mania, and that's the only time we see Sammy and Roman in the ring together since the beatdown, the Raw after the Rumble. So three months later, and Sammy is just seething. He is frothing at the mouth, and he is just saying, I trusted you, I worshipped you, I acknowledged you, I would have done anything for you. And you you treat me like this. And now there is no doubt in anyone's mind, this is genuine, this is real. And he's like, I am going to destroy you at WrestleMania. Everything you've built, these three and a bit years of that being pinned, I'm going to pin you in the middle of the ring with the whole world watching. And Roman still isn't too worried. Roman doesn't really take him as that credible a threat. He's still very arrogant. He's he's done, Heyman is trying to tell him, this man is a credible threat. Look what he's done to your cousins. Like this man is a credible And Roman doesn't really get it. We get to Mania. And do you remember the NXT takeover where Gargano beat Adam Cole and he overcame all the odds with the Undisputed Era? It's like that. You've got all three members of the bloodline at ringside and Heyman, and they are just, anytime Sammy gets anywhere, they're pulling him out the ring. It's the classic. He's got to get a three count. Jimmy puts Roman's leg on the rope. There's just so much going on until finally KO runs down. Kevin Owens comes and he thought he was done with Sammy, but he never, ever, ever will be. And he takes out the bloodline. He takes them all out and himself out. And then you see them brawl into the back. And finally, it's just Roman and Sammy in the ring with Heyman watching. And for five minutes, we have great wrestling, just chain wrestling, brilliant match. Until finally, Sammy hits a halluva kick. Bang on Roman. And Roman stumbles and falls forward onto Sammy's chest. And Sammy, like he has so many times with Kevin Owens, just looks at him and backs him up to the corner again. Runs through the corner, bang, hits him another one. Roman falls straight to the floor. Sammy picks him up, slaps him in the face, throws him in the corner again, and hits him with a third halluva kick in a row. Drags into the middle of the ring like he said he would. Looks Paul Heyman dead in the eyes, and you get one, two, three in the middle of the ring, in the main event on the second night of WrestleMania, Kevin Owens runs down to celebrate with him. So you're worried Kevin might powerbomb him, but he doesn't. And finally, Sami Zayn is stood in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania with both title belts above his head, with his best mate Kevin Owens next to him. Oh, I think I prefer that to mine. Really? I, I, yeah, I think that that is... That may well be the way to go. That is sensational. That's so good. I wouldn't have done it that way if you hadn't done it. I would have done it your way. Oh, really? Until until you did it last week, I had to think of another way. But your way was the way I thought to do it. I think your way just gives Sammy that credibility and that growth as a character. And you want the bloodline to be taken apart. You want that to happen. And also, they lose nothing by losing. And here's the question, though. You loved mine. I loved yours. Is there anything that WWE can do for the main event of WrestleMania that isn't Roman Reigns or, or, or versus Sami Zayn? Like, so say I, I said, "Oh, right, plug me in a scenario with The Rock." Is is that as compelling? For for me, wrestling is all about storyline. It, it always has been, always will be, and this is the best storyline right now. And it's madness that it's Roman and Sami, but this right now is the for me the best story they can tell going to Mania and. All the best stories have the best payoffs at WrestleMania. It's the grandest stage for a reason. So I, I think, I don't think there's a better option for them right now. Whatever way they choose to do it, 
I don't think there's a better option than Sammy Roman at Mania. I think that's sensational. Um, Look, before we do everyone's favourite part of the podcast, earning the push and back to developmental, we have to give a word to the Briscoes and FTR. Double dog collar match at Ring of Honor's pay-per-view this past Saturday. You and I don't watch a lot of Ring of Honor, but I made a point of seeking out that match to watch. I think you've probably seen a couple of the highlights floating around. Those boys put themselves to war, to war. And what a trilogy that was. Yeah, absolutely barbaric. And you want to see two teams who are elevating tag team wrestling and making some belts feel prestigious, then it, it's FTR on the Briscoes. And what it'll go down in wrestling folklore is one of the great tag team rivalries. And and to be FTR and to have that with the Briscoes, having been the revival and had it with DIY, I mean, come on. There is. We don't talk often about Mount Rushmore's of tag team wrestling. It's a crowded place to be, but FTR are making a case that their faces should be somewhere on it. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, no, say it quietly. I'd really, 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 really like to see them come back to WWE as a revival and go after the NXT tag team titles that the New Day have now. Really? Yeah, because wouldn't that be cool? I don't know. I like them outside. I, I like this version of FTR that pitch up in in New Japan that's head to Ring of Honor that go down to Mexico. I think they're brutal and bloody and I think they're bigger than the NXT tag team. I'd, I'd love the match. Don't get me wrong. I'd love the match. But you say they're bigger than the NXT tag team titles. How big do they feel suddenly that the New Day chose to go and take them? Like, mm. it's mad, isn't it, how quickly, in, in my opinion, you, your face look like you feel very differently, how you can change the perception of a title because one team wants them. I think it'll take a lot for me to get back in to watching NXT regularly. I, I agree. I think it's a good way to do it. Um, and also, let's a word about Mandy Rose losing the NXT Women's Championship out of nowhere uh, on Tuesday night and then being released, allegedly, due to content she was posting on a, a fan base site. Um, who saw that coming? Yeah, madness. You know, it's been a big week when we haven't mentioned that. We haven't mentioned Bobby Lashley being fired, kayfabe-wise. We haven't mentioned Kurt Angle coming out and with a milk truck. Um, and seeing and jo- um, Jason Jordan, his son, as well. That yes, was a cool brilliant, moment. Yep. Brilliant. So it's been a busy, busy week for wrestling. Yeah, and it will continue to be. Uh, look, though, let's send something from everyday life back to developmental. Let's give something the push first or second this week. It can't be wrestling, but what do you have for me? Uh, I'll go first. Very, very quick. Back to developmentals. Just the cold. It's yeah. rubbish. It's absolutely rubbish. Uh, it's affecting rugby. It's affecting a lot of sport. Walking the dog is no fun in it. I'll tell you that for nothing. He doesn't like it really either. He looks at me like, do we have to go out? But we do. The cold is rubbish. Um, so that's back to developmental for can me. Can you get a, a? Can you get little? No, I think I know the answer. I won't ask that. No, I will. Can you get shoes for your dog? I think you can, but mine does not wear them. <laughs> what do you have against putting little shoes on him? <clears throat> You've met him. Yeah. Would you like to try and put shoes on him? Yeah, he'd love it. Okay. You'd have to straddle okay. him like a sheep. Okay, next time you come visit, you can put shoes on him, all right? I, could, I couldn't get on your door. No, 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 you, you can put shoes on him, okay? You're big enough that you could do it. I would look like buckaroo if I tried to do it. Um, right, moving on. Okay. My earning the push is, oh, surprise cup of tea. Oh. When someone makes you a cup of tea and you haven't even asked for it, you just get a cup of tea out of nowhere. Oh, so my sister's living with us now yeah. at the moment. And so my, my better half is not a hot drink drinker. She does not drink tea. So I don't know how she... Fa- I, I don't, don't understand know how that. She, I don't yeah, get no, it. No, I don't, I don't get it either. I don't know how she functions. But because of that, I never, ever, ever get 
tea made for me. And God, I never get a surprise one. My sister brought me a surprise cup of tea when I was doing some work at my desk the other day, just out of nowhere, I knocked on the door and came in with a cup of tea. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon. And honestly, it was one of the best moments of my life. I was like, oh, yes. And she makes a good cuppa. Mm. It's got to be brewed properly. It's got to be Yorkshire tea. And she makes a good one. And yeah, just made me think, what what a thing to get. Yeah, I'm with you on that. A good cup of tea. Because um, when I do my day job, I present a show. And one of the women who works with me refuses to make me a cup of tea. She just, and it's, it's a lot, it's a four hour show. So I have to run out in, uh, like, I think my the, the least amount of time I can go for a wee and make a cup of tea is Dolly Parton's nine to five, two minutes, 37. That is my record. That's not long enough to brew. That's not long enough for it to brew. Yeah. So what you do is this is like a mercenary tea. I've got one of those sippy cups. I'm not allowed real cups in case I spill it all over the kit. (laughs) That's true. Is that, hang on. Is everyone not allowed real cups or just you? I feel like it's meant to be for everyone, but it was instituted with me in mind. So I right, have, okay. I, so what you have to do is tea, hot water, milk in there, and leave the tea bag in, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't fit. So yeah, I'm yeah. completely with you. Um, right for me, earning the push. This is just a book recommendation. This is a really good book I've read this week. I've read a few this week, but I like this one. It is called Letters of Note. If you've not seen it, it's um, basically they found a load of letters that famous people have written to each other, and it's just great. And sometimes they're famous, sometimes they're historical. Um, it's just bonkers. It's Elvis Presley writing to Richard Nixon saying, I'd like to be a member of the FBI. Can I have a badge, please? It's like... That, that sounds really cool. So that's my uh, earning the push. Get out of your library, a uh, little Christmas present for someone. Back to developmental, much like yours, Black Ice. What? Mm. The reason I know there is no God is that Black Ice exists. That's, yeah. That, for me, is just terrible stuff. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it, it's horrible. It's actually very, very dangerous, uh, Black Ice, obviously. and yeah. I had one of those moments this week. I was good thanks, I was only going slowly. I was running about five miles an hour. But you know when you can't like you put the brakes on, it just doesn't stop. It yeah. just keeps and I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm about to have the slowest crash in the history of the world into this into this wall. And thankfully stopped just before. I, I have crashed in black ice before, uh, many, many, many years ago. I was on a hill going down a hill, saw some black ice. And I did exactly what you did. And as I was, you know, sometimes you put your hand up to say thank you if someone lets you pass. Someone was walking their dog and I very slowly slid into their car with my hand up going, sorry. Sorry, nothing I can do. (laughs) As As it was happening. So I'm completely, yeah, black ice, get rid of it. Do not like it. And so hopefully uh, we enter warmer times. Look, before we go, Charlie, Big night for Roman Reigns, big night for the Bloodline on SmackDown. Are we going to see a turn or are we just going to see one step beyond on this storyline? Yeah, I don't think we're seeing a turn tonight. I think we'll see a tease of it because we're all expecting it, but I don't think we'll see a turn. Well, we shall see. Remember, keep rating, reviewing, subscribing wherever you get us from. He is Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I am Jack underscore Murley. Enjoy your wrestling week and we'll see you again very soon on behalf of him and me. Until then, thank you for listening and bye-bye.